your positive, positive, positive imprint. Stories are everywhere. People and their positive action inspire positive achievements. Your PI could mean the world to you. Get ready for your positive imprint. Hello, this is Catherine, your host. I'm doing a series on farming mixed in with technology episodes. But first, I'd like to share a comment from Kathy, a dancer, regarding a previous guest's episode featuring Kodiak, Alaska's organic farmer and photographer, Marion Owen. I can almost smell the fragrance, hear the ocean, and see the sights. Inspirational. Thank you, everybody, who has sent in comments. Today, again, you will be able to feel the natural world through permaculture and the words from Sigrid Trage of Austria. Well, permaculture is a sustainable design system that applies ecological principles that are found in nature. Some of those designs include regeneration, integrated water resources, ecological, and environmental designs. It is becoming more popular around the world because permaculture is useful in responding to climate change and also constrained natural resources. My guest today, Sigrid Trage, is a successful permaculture farmer in Austria. Hello, this is Catherine, your host of Your Positive Imprint, the variety show that features worldwide conversations with people whose positive actions are inspiring positive achievements. Part of my mission is to help you identify and act upon your own positive imprint. What's your P.I.? Well, today's guest is part of a series on technology and farming. I've been searching for farmers all over the world. One of my past guests, Martin of Czech Republic, sent me the contact for today's guest, Sigrid Drage, over in Austria. Sigrid is here with me today. Good afternoon to you, and welcome to the show. Hello, good afternoon to you. <laughs> this is so wonderful to have you on the show and to hear about farming all over the world. Sigrid, talk about yourself and your role including, you know, anything that you'd like about your your philosophies in life, what brought you to farming. Yeah, thank you, and thank you for the invitation. Uh, my name is Sigrid. I'm an ecologist and a farmer, and uh, I'm doing permaculture. So this is my life and all what I'm, what I'm doing. Uh, I'm living uh, in next to Vienna in a community project with together with 10 people. And also we have a farm in Waldviertel. It's an organic farm, which we're running in cooperation with Sonnenthal. It's a herb company, an organic herb company in Austria. Yeah, and we produce a lot of uh, different varieties of products, for example, vegetables and herbs and fruits. And we have animals like chicken and ducks and honeybees. And we're doing that in a permaculture way. That means it should be very diverse and nature, uh, as we're, doing a lot of observation of nature and we want to to look all the the different cycles and also to use that or on our farms so the wisdom of nature <laughs> and yeah I, I studied ecology uh, and it was very theoretical but I liked it very much uh, and I spent a lot of time in the lab uh, during my studies and also later when I worked in university and then I somehow discovered that gardening is a kind of, or could be a kind of applied ecology. <laughs> and yeah, that's how I started with, with permaculture. Because I, I got a little garden with my boyfriend, uh, which is now also my partner in farming. So we started in a little house garden. Uh, and he was also, um, also, he made some volunteering on a permaculture farm. So he brought a lot of 
ideas and books and informations in. So we started to our own little project. And that was a start really of this permaculture life we are now uh, living. Um, that means, um, yeah, I, I quit university <laughs> uh, very rapidly and started <laughs> with, a, I mean, I finished it, yeah, but I didn't continue to work it. Uh, and I, I started to, yeah, design permaculture gardens and started in Vienna in an old people's home at a kindergarten where they have a, a garden around it which they didn't use and I started to yeah, just to plant things uh, together with the people and to use them and to to cook and just to be in the garden all the time and to look at nature and what uh, what species are, are coming in when we invite them with uh, for example plants and shrubs and ponds and it was very inspiring to me. And yeah, then also we founded a permaculture association uh, where yeah we met once a month with different people also from this from Vienna, uh, which also doing projects in this in this in this field, and it was very very inspiring for me. And yeah, so the, this love was growing more and more. And uh, one day we uh, we also moved to a, to a bigger house next to Vienna uh, together with uh, eight people. Uh, and we started the permaculture project there. So now we have a, here we have a big garden, uh, also with ducks and bees and yeah, a lot of vegetables and friends and it's very, very nice. And this is a, yeah, private hobby. Yeah. And, but at the same time, uh, we also met, uh, people from Sonnentor, this herb company. Um, uh, we met at a permaculture meeting and they said, yeah, maybe they, as a day were thinking of, of, making founding an organic farm close to their company and if we maybe want to talk about permaculture there so we were invited to a meeting and presented permaculture and so we get to know each other and yeah the story began that we really um took over this farm and now we are farmers so <laughs> four years ago we started with that <laughs> so we were not born farmers as most of the other farmers are here so we're just yeah starting from yeah living in the city and yeah then going outside to the countryside and learning a lot now <laughs> so that that's incredible i love that story sigrid i love it can we hear a little bit more about the principles of permaculture i know there's observations within it, but it, it's obviously this gigantuous part of what made you the ecologist that you are and the farmer that you are within gardening. Yeah, I mean, I was very inspired because of permaculture, because it's not mainly the products what you what you harvest, but it's really the background of nature and the processes behind. And that's what what's really was interesting to me from the ecological part. Because I studied a lot and I read a lot and made also experiments in the lab. But when you go outside, you are much closer to these processes and you mm -hmm. can observe them. And also, if you don't know all the, th all the time why something happens, why this vegetable is growing better than the other one or why this is uh, eaten and so. But it's very interesting to, to look at the different uh, partners and how they interact. And this interaction, I think it's the main part of permaculture which really makes it also working because the different elements for example in a farm or in a garden they are 
connected. They're working together. They are sharing resources and water and also knowledge. And only also, also it is this connection that makes the whole system work. So in permaculture, we're talking about the permaculture system. And uh, it should be like the ecosystem, a natural ecosystem, where, for example, the natural ecosystem, a forest or a wood, uh, the trees are connected to the soil and the animals are connected to the plants and they share a lot of knowledge and also uh, nutrients and water and together they can function as this whole system. And the idea of, of permaculture is also to design gardens or farms or cities uh, in relation to this whole system thinking. So it's a holistic way of, of, of designing. And that's what I really liked about this idea of permaculture. It's not primar primarily of, about production and how can we use things, but how do they really work together and how it's, yeah, it's very inspiring and close to nature to me. And that's why I like it so much. That's very interesting. And I, I love the whole part of your explanation on it being the holistic manner within the environment, within the ecosystem. That's fabulous. So your domestic animals obviously have a huge role in this because you are talking about the holistic environment and ecosystem within your gardening. Yeah, as our domestic animals, as we have uh, chicken and bees and ducks, they are really co-workers in our farm and also in our garden. So it's not just for selling or they are not products. Uh, we really live there together and they have their jobs and also their missions. Uh, so, for example, the ducks, they really can go everywhere on the on the farm. Uh, so they are foraging their own food most of the time. Just in the evening or in winter, they get a little bit uh, from us. So, <laughs> yeah. So if it's there is snow, yeah, then we can find it. Right. They are really searching for what they really want to eat, and so they find a lot of insects and worms and slugs, for example, which is also very positive for us, also for vegetable production, for example. Uh, but also the the ducks are very healthy, and they really have to they have a job all the day, so they have their they really their walks they're going, and uh, they have ponds where they can swim. We'll we collect all the rainwater, for example, so they have different spots where they're going uh, in the afternoon to swim, and then they go to the vegetable garden to to pick out the slugs. So it's really I think they are yeah they are, can live there more natural. Uh, than in maybe other farms, yeah, where they are in in smaller smaller sites, yeah, and yeah. So we try really to uh, to treat them like like co-workers, like friends, and they should have uh, the most as a natural. Um, yeah, they should can live as natural as possible. I would like to be a duck on your farm. It sounds like they just have a <laughs> the life that they are meant to have within nature. And you mentioned you have bees. Are these honeybees? And I know you, you talked about you don't want to use them all in, in production, but do they do, do they produce honey and do you use honey? Tell me about the bees. Yeah, we have, we have three uh, honeybee hives in our garden. Uh, they're mainly they are just to uh, to make the uh, the pollination in the garden, uh, but they are also flying about three kilometers in the in the region. So they also pollinate a lot of other trees and wild plants and so on. That is their their mission. And 
also they do it for for the ecosystem but uh, during this pollination they get their food now for the for the young bees and for for the society they live in but they also as a from that food they produce honey and this is the food for the for the young bees no so they need to produce honey and we uh, have them for three years now and now it was the first year where we harvested a little bit of the honey because oh. one of the hives it produced really a lot and it was a surplus so we could take a little bit of that but we only really took uh, just as much as they it's not too much for them, no? They should have enough of the honey uh, for the winter. Uh, so it was really the first time and we really tried to take as little as, as possible. But it was very, very special to also to harvest the honey because they were very calm and it was so nice to, to do it. And yeah, now this, this honey is really holy. So it's really special for us to, to use it. Over in the United States and some other parts of of North America, the honeybee is threatened. Is the honeybee threatened over in your area? Yes, for sure. It's also, I mean, I mean it's not maybe that bad like it's in other, other countries, but also in Austria we have some in some regions a very industrial agriculture, so the bees, they don't find enough food, and also pesticides which are used, they, yeah. they kill them. So we also have this problem here. In regions where we have more organic agriculture, and we are lucky to have a lot of organic farms in Austria, the bees are also more healthy. Yeah, so you can, we can really see this this connection very strongly. Do the other organic farms there within Austria practice permaculture? Some of them, yes. Mm -hmm. So it's a movement which is growing. Uh, permaculture is more or less used by really the small ones because most of the techniques in the moment are more or less uh, handwork, uh, but there are some farms which are bigger and now try to uh, to develop also methods for bigger farms that you can use machines, but in a very careful way. Uh, so it's really growing, yes. Mm -hmm. In Europe, what does it mean to be organic? Uh, to explain it very technically, we have in the European Union, we have a, a organic farming law. And this is the more or less the base of that. And for example, there are some national laws. Austria has their own law uh, for organic agriculture, but it can be only more strict than the European one. So the, the main part is not to use um, synthesized chemicals uh, and uh, mineral fertilizers, so herbicides and pesticides, and also to use natural resources like soil and water in a more sustainable way yeah this should is the aim so and in austria we then have inspection bodies uh and you have as a farmer you have to have a contract with one of them and they come to you and make this inspection so once or twice a year you have these inspections and if everything is okay you get a label for that you are certified and a certified organic form okay yeah. so it, it's pretty much the same and i know it's an experience expensive endeavor for a lot of farmers. Is it expensive for you out there to be a certified organic farmer? Um, for me, it's not really expensive, no. Uh, I mean, we pay a little bit for the inspection, for the inspection, but it's not so much. Yeah, so That's um, good. I, I know over here, some farmers pay $2,000 a year for the inspection. 
Uh, no, so I, I paid about 200 euros last year for the inspection. That, that's, <laughs> that, yeah. that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, that's a difference, really. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because organic farming is very common in Austria. No, We have about 25% of our agricultural land is farmed organically. And every fifth uh, of our farms is an organic farm. So it's more yeah, common here. Has it always been this move to organic farming? I think it's also because uh, in our alpine regions, and Austria, for example, has really a lot of alpine regions and alpine farmers, uh, it is necessary to find niches because they cannot uh, compete with the global market. All the, the fields are very small. So they cannot use these big machines. It's not possible. So for them, they really have to find niches. And these niches are mostly organic yeah? or different products and yeah, different varieties. And yeah, also the people, the customers like to, to buy special organic uh, local products. Yeah, absolutely. This is a reason for that, I think. Yeah. What is your elevation as where you are farming right now? About 800 meters. You have a partnership with Sonator. Do you sell elsewhere or is your partnership alone with Sonator? Uh, no, we are also selling uh, on the one hand directly from the farm. So people from the village, or also visitors of this village are coming to us and can buy their uh, fruits and vegetables and herbs. Uh, but we also have a web shop for plants. So in spring, uh, we have a lot of uh, organic plants, as seedlings, uh, which we produce and which we also send by post. <laughs> yeah. So, but not as only in Austria because they cannot travel as long. They have to yeah, <laughs> be good condition when they when they come <laughs> when they reach the homes of the people. Uh, but yeah. And how far away are you from Vienna? It's about hundred kilometers. Have you noticed climate change occurring in your area? Yes, for sure. Also, I was yeah, talked a lot with also other neighbors and farmers and so on. So it was for sure it was drought because we have a really drought, also really very dry summers, also sometimes very heavy rains, and this changes the the performance of the plant species, for example, of the of the forest trees, also of the agricultural plants which we use normally. So a lot of things are changing now, and. We on our farm and also in permaculture generally, we really try to to figure out climate-friendly ways of, of cultivation, and also yeah try to yeah, to prepare our farm for this for these changes. Yeah, for example, we are mulching all the all our fields. Yeah, have uh, you heard of that mulch? Yes, mulching. Yeah. We've we've yeah. I've never thought of doing mulching because of the climate change. We just mulch it because you know you're adding nutrients into the yeah, soil yeah. Mm -hmm. but you're now needing to do it for for different ecological reasons not just the nutrients within the soil you're talking about also for climate change yeah, yeah. so it it's all connected because uh, the healthy plants you can only grow in a healthy soil no? and when the soil is mulched it gets nutrients as you say uh, so the, the soil life is is fed but also in, in dry summers, uh, the, the moisture stays in the soil. No? And also when we have, for example, two months without rain, uh, we do not irrigate our vegetables, for example. Yeah? So they really uh, 
have to get their water from the soil. So they, de they root deeply. And if you have a lot of mulch on it, uh, the soil is covered and the moisture stays in there. So it's also for us a, a climate change adaption uh, factor, this mulching. Yeah. Ah, and you mentioned that you, you don't irrigate. Do you ever irrigate or do you have water rights? Do you have a river nearby? I know you said a pond. What are your water rights? In our uh, community and the village, uh, yeah, there's a water right and there are different brunnen, uh, so not a river, but uh, groundwater, uh, which we can use. But we, uh, in permaculture, we don't want to use drinking water for, uh, for irrigation. And this uh, groundwater is drinking water here. It's very good water. And it can also be low in dry summers. So what we do is we collect rainwater, all the rain uh, falling on our roofs uh, of the farmhouse and also on the glass house we have. We collect it in big ponds. Uh, and that's the water which we use, uh, for example, for ir irrigation of the, the seedlings in the greenhouse. Also for in the farmhouse, we use it for the toilet and the dishwasher and so on. Yeah, we really need these ponds. We have three ponds on every side of the house roof. Uh, uh, on every side of the, of the house is a, is a pond uh, where we collect the water. Yeah? So this is also the, the water where the ducks are swimming in, but also the one which we then use with a pump for the, for the plants if we need it. Yeah? So we really try to be very responsible with uh, drinking water yeah? and our water resources. So I think that this smallholder farming, so small-scale farming, is a very uh, good way, ecological way for, for the future. Yeah? Now, what, what kinds of herbs and vegetables do you grow? Oh, uh, really different varieties. I don't know if you really know all these words in English. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the problem. Uh, <laughs> so, um, phew. It's like different varieties of cabbage and salads and potatoes and also grains like corn and rye and yeah, also vegetables like pota uh, potato and pumpkins and zucchini and aubergine <laughs> and yeah, a lot of fruits like apples and pears and peaches and uh, currants, black and red currants, and it's about last year we had about 500 different varieties of of plants uh, wow. which we were growing. Uh, yeah, so I'm sorry, but the names in English are not so easy for me. Different herbs like uh, mint and parsley for sure, and well, yeah, hmm. cola kraut, uh, which we use for syrups or also Fenke, uh, which we also use as a syrup, um, yeah, different, as a kind of Melisse, for example, and uh, Liebstöcke, uh, Schnittknoblauch, Knoblauch, um, uh, Isop, Anis Isop, yeah, also there, there are a lot of things. <laughs> and uh, we also try to use a lot of wild species, uh, which we just collect in the meadows, for example, dandelion. It's also very, uh, yeah, also the restaurants, they like it now to yes, use, for example. Yes. Wow, <laughs> and, and you mentioned apples and pears. So you have some orchards. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, we we integrated uh, the fruit trees in our vegetable gardens and also in the herb gardens, so they're just spread everywhere. <laughs> you are quite busy with your farm, and, and it 
Are you able to describe how large it is, the land? Yeah, it's about uh, seven hectares. Uh, and But it's only about um, one hectare or 0 0.7 hectare, which is really intensely farmed. That means with, uh, for example, vegetables, which has to be, uh, yeah, which are very work and uh, labor intensive. Um, and then we have a lot of uh, meadows also no, where for the mulch production because we really need a lot of mulch for all the, the vegetables. Uh, yeah, so it's about about four hectares of meadow. And then we also have some uh, fields for, for example, rye and potatoes and also hemp we produce this year and, yeah, different things like amaranth. So, yeah, we have a lot of, uh, yeah, some things which are more labor intensive, like the vegetable, and then bigger spaces for other things which we don't have to care for every day. Yeah. But it's so it's seven hectares, it's not a lot, no? So most of the farms also in Austria they are much bigger. But since we have so much um hand labor, hand labor uh, intensive products, it's it's a good size for us. Yeah. Cooking. You mentioned cooking. You love to cook, I take it. <laughs> Yeah, I love to cook, and it's really nice for us that we really have that much uh, of food produced here on the farm. So we can cook all around the year with different things, and it's really nice when people are coming and we can share that, and they can take food from us to their homes and use it. And we also learn a lot from people who are coming here, because especially yeah, young people, they're, they're so motivated and they have so many energy and yeah, working in different initi initiatives for, I don't know, uh, climate uh, positive imprints or <laughs> community gardens. So it's really nice also to see what they're all doing and maybe then to, to share some, some products and, and, yeah, give it to them. Or So it's really nice to have this interaction. So permaculture is a lot of uh, about cooperation and, and community thinking. Yeah, so it's... I really love this part of it. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have a favorite dish that you love to eat and cook? Ooh, uh, no, not really a favorite one because I love everything. And to me, it's like that, that the garden is, is talking to me what I have to cook. So, so I go out and look what it's now ripe and mature, what wants to be eaten. <laughs> You're just so awesome to speak with, and I, I can't wait to see pictures of your farm. It just sounds like an amazing place to even reflect, sit down, and just enjoy nature and not have to work, but just sit and look around and watch the ducks, the bees, and, and whatever else happens. And Do you have wildlife that come through your farm? Yes, I mean, for sure, a lot of insects, they come there, but also we have uh, rabbits, for example. They love to go, come there in winter and eat of our cabbage, but it's okay for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also wild deer, they're sometimes coming there, and we have uh, hedgehogs, for example, and snakes, and also uh, frogs, so they're really very important, and they also they use the, the habitats in our garden, like the pond, as their living habitats. So it's very important in permaculture that you are open also for wildlife, for wild animals, but also for wild plants. And as you were talking of as a people coming to us, as I think I, I forgot to tell you that we also have an open permaculture garden, which is really open for the public, for everyone who wants to come. 
and we have their guided tours where we can show people the garden. And also there are two um, accommodations like uh, mobile homes in our garden uh, where you can come and, and, and spend a night there and spend some days there and can just stay in our garden and to to get ins inspired by this uh, wild and kind of colorful garden, which is maybe a little bit different than the gardens most people know because our garden really is wild. <laughs> that we don't cut all the flowers and the, the meadows high and you can really hear a lot of insects. So it's sometimes for people, they have to get used to that a little bit. What an absolute reflective and marvelous place to be at. I know it's a lot of work, but it it's in nature and you have this absolute phenomenal background in ecology and it, it fits with your philosophy and your whole holistic way of thinking and living. Yeah, I'm very happy that it's that way. So <laughs> it was all by chance, I think. So I didn't plan anything of that, but it, yeah, I'm so lucky that my life is like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very inspirational. You have a partnership with Sonentvar, which is, it's kind of like our, in the United States, it's kind of like a, a sprouts market or a whole foods market. If you didn't have that partnership, would you still be able to be sustainable? I think yes, but only in the condition when you, when you really find another, a, a local market. Yeah. So Sonentor is kind of a local market for us because it's in the village and a lot of uh, staff workers on Sonnentor, about 300 people are working there in this company. They come and also buy uh, seedlings and plants from us. Yeah? So it's a very small village in, in the middle of the countryside. Uh, but this company, Sonnentor, makes it a little a center. Yeah? So they also are our market. <laughs> yeah? And if we don't have this cooperation with Sonnentor, uh, we have to look for another market, for example, Vienna, yeah, which is also very close. A lot of people from Vienna, they are interested in organic farms and organically produced products. So it's also possible. Yeah. So, But it's, it's important to have good access to a local market, to customers, this direct uh, contact. And I really love to, to sell products directly. I don't have any contract with a supermarket, and so I don't, don't want to have that. But I think it's really important to have this, yeah, to have your your customers, and that's a a thing on what you really have to work on, and you have to look what is what is your philosophy, what I want to to say, and what yeah, what can I be to to the people, to the customers? Yeah, so Sonnentour is a really good chance for us to learn. Sonnentour is very very lucky to have farmers like you. I do have another question. We we grow peaches, not in the magnitude, obviously, that you you do, and we don't spray them. You you have a larger magnitude. How do you keep the bores or, or other types of uh, worms? How do you keep them off of your peaches, or your pears, or your apples? Yeah, it's it's sometimes it's not so easy, you know, because this uh, insect they also belong to this ecosystem, and it's normal right. that they are there somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
For example, in our fruit garden, uh, the chicken, they really have an important job because uh, oh. when the when the fruits are falling, the, the fruits that are not good for eating, they are maybe a little bit eaten by other animals, then the, the chicken, they eat the worms. yeah, And that's how they uh, reduce the population for the next year. Uh, and other thing is that we always um, have mixed cultures. That means we don't have any monoculture because this... Uh, uh, cooperation between, for example, the herbs and the fruit trees and also the different birds, for example, they come, they really like to, to eat this larvae as food. <laughs> so as natural as, as possible. Yeah. But for sure, we also have losses due to different kinds of insects. And sometimes it's also more. But then I think we, we just accept it as it's a, a part of, yeah, of this ecosystem. Yeah. So we cannot say no. We have we have the solution for that. Yeah. Sometimes it's really we have to say okay, sorry. Now we don't have apples for for selling. Yeah. For example, this year it was very bad year for apples because we had a late frost, and yet last year it was very lot of apples. So we now there is just little. Yeah. But it's it's okay to have it like that. Yeah. You're remarkable. Absolute remarkable. Wonderful philosophy. And so inspiring. Yeah, true. It's it's difficult. I mean, to me, nature is really so important. And I think it's when I see how how children, also old people, which I was working with, uh, yeah, explore nature and also feel inside nature. So I can just say to people, go out and and explore nature. Uh, you can learn really a lot. Also, you can think about what you are and what you want to be. And, yeah, you get a good relation, I think, when you just observe and not always want to know everything. Just be there. Yeah, <laughs> And also gardening, I think, is, what, is a very inspiring thing to do. And I don't know how it is in your area, if there are a lot of people have house gardens or community gardens, but I think it's a very, really very motivating thing for also especially when you're gardening together with other people in a community garden and also these corporations between people uh, sharing foods and exchanging goods it's really so nice to do it for example we exchange a lot of seeds <laughs> because everyone produces a lot and then we can exchange it so i think there are a lot of things we can we can do which can make life easier also inspiring and Sigrid Trake, thank you so much for your inspiring words and sharing your farming experiences and sharing what farming is like around the world. I wish you the best of luck on your continued success and your remarkable, remarkable inspiration with regard to ecology and your permaculture gardening. Thank you, Sigrid. Thank you very much for the invitation. I really enjoyed it to talk to you. And yeah, I wish you all the best. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, thanks so much to Martin and Czech Republic for this connection. To learn more about Sigrid and her farming practices, go to sonentour.com. The spelling is S-O-N-N-E-N-T-O-R. Music by Chris Knoll. He has composed new music and it's available on Spotify. His website is chrisknoll.com. Head over to my website where you can learn more about the show and sign up for email updates. That's yourpositiveimprint.com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Next Monday's guest is a farmer in beautiful Northwest USA. This week is Thanksgiving in America. 
I will release a bonus episode featuring a positive imprint who is part of the greatest generation. Thanks for listening. Follow me or subscribe to this free podcast, Your Positive Imprint. What's your P.I.?